pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Good afternoon, everyone. Right now it's 106. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is DePietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Jake engineering give them a call today whether it is winter or summer spring fall jkl they're licensed in rhode island and massachusetts how's your cooling system have you considered central air jkl call them 401-351-7600 401-351-7600 jkl engineering 54 years in business and they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%, and they can cool off your home. Call JKL today, 401-351-7600. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. It's JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600. For JKL Engineering, estimates are free. Financing is available. Call JKL. Good afternoon. If you're listing in Bellingham or Rentham or Franklin or Douglas, well up into Massachusetts and Attleboro, call JKL. License in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600 for JKL Engineering. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 108 in the Ocean State. It's Juan. It's the John DePietro Show. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's real news, no spin. We give the inside of what's really going on. And the big news, again, before I touch on... Um, some of the, the sound from yesterday where President Biden, and rightfully so, really got tuned up, some of his staff did, repeating the big local story, and that is that Governor McKee's chief of staff, Tony Silva, has now, they have said, he has resigned. But there's nothing positive about it. Tony Silva, who is the chief of police in Cumberland, who was also, um, at one point he was involved with the police in Lincoln, he was, he, at one point, was running the DMV. He was Governor McKee's chief of staff as lieutenant governor. He was also his chief of staff as governor, although for a very short period of time. But he has gotten dragged down on this whole situation with the, this uh, land deal, this very controversial land deal that he was trying to push through. And now there is an investigation. And just as I thought... The investigation does not go away despite that he is out. But this is very, very significant. And I want to explain something. Because these guys, they're as tight as you can be. I mean, I can't think of, I mean, there were a couple of tight duos. Like even when Frank Montanaro was under fire, Speaker Mattiello didn't push him out the door. When Leo Skenyon was under fire, Mattiello didn't push him out the door. So... As far as, now granted, um, Montanaro was head of, was not exactly Mattiello's chief of staff, but still his right-hand guy. Still the right-hand guy. But he didn't get rid of him. And I don't remember the time where someone's chief of staff really got jammed up. And then the person was faced, you know, to make a choice. But let, let me just say this. 
the element of Governor McKee being elected governor, to me, was really seen as it was like a team. It was him and Tony, meaning Tony Silva, and whether or not they could get him elected governor. They got him elected lieutenant governor twice, very close election the last time. So, so I mean, these guys are as tight as can be. And for him to have to cut them loose on a Monday, no less, on a Monday morning has to cut them loose before 11 o'clock. Something happened over the weekend. And what I am hearing is, number one, more was going to come out on Silva. Folks, make no mistake about it. What Governor McKee did last week was, you know, Channel 12, to their credit, in the journal, I'll give the Providence Journal credit, um, more information on the land deal. The journal got new info on Silva. But the facts, some things that came out about Silva, and it wasn't going away, but Governor McKee announcing that he was going to have the Attorney General and State Police investigate this matter. Obviously, now in hindsight, that was a mistake. That was a mistake because I'm not sure if, if Silva steps away, I don't know if that happens. But this has been building for a while and Silva tried to give away the land and it still wouldn't go away. And then more came out. And then the no-show job with the town of Cumberland. And then Channel 12, to their credit, got those text messages with Silva and the mayor of Cumberland. Mayor Jeff Butter, who, by the way, I'm hearing is being treated like a hero all over Cumberland. And should be. He stood up to those guys. They were trying to, you know, they were trying to strong arm him. Um, Silva thought he could push this land deal through that should not be developed on. And I credit the mayor for standing up to him. I credit the people in the neighborhood for saying, you know, we weren't even asked. There's no public town town meeting, no hearing on this. This thing is suddenly just getting jammed through. And then Silva's tried to talk his way, thought, eh, I'll have a conversation with Tim White. And I'm going to explain what Tony Silva's about and what he's not about. I don't do something like that. And then he suddenly became Jimmy on Seinfeld. You know, Tony Silva doesn't do things like that. Tony Silva absolutely would not do that. Tony Silva doesn't do things wrong. Tony Silva doesn't break the law. Tony Silva's very good for, you know... When someone goes into third person, <laughs> granted, as much as I love it and find it entertaining, there's just nothing positive about it. But over the course of the weekend, I'm just saying, you know, if we want to be objective here, there's a reason Friday, five o'clock is not just a time to pop open a cold one. Friday at five o'clock is not the time to march out the door telling everybody have a good weekend. Friday at 5 o'clock, if you have a bad situation, maybe even 5.30, but that's when you do the Friday afternoon press dump. This resignation should have been Friday at 5. Then, yeah, it's on the news Friday night, which is the least watched news during the week local. It would have been in the paper on Saturday, which is the least read paper of the week. And I would think that it probably would have been eclipsed yesterday by the situation in Afghanistan, our fallen soldiers coming home, and now the catastrophe that's going on in New Orleans. So 
And I hope we don't have to deal with the stupid storm again. Folks, how about the fact, you know, let's also keep in mind how many people, customers now, customers, not people. National Grid reporting 40,000 people without power. Wrong. It's 40,000 customers without power. It's much more than 40,000 people. Don't bail them out. They do that on purpose. But we may, this storm may be headed our way. And we could all be dealing with, again, loss of power. Um, but this situation with Governor McKee and a replay of Tony Silva, who's well known in the northern part of the state. I don't know him. Tony, we hardly knew ye. Folks, you can check out the website. Stepping down as chief of staff to the governor. I just... I mean, there was, Governor Mundo had a chief of staff that didn't work out. Governor Mundo said when she first got in, I'm going to put an end to this Noah guy type of thing. And she brought in this guy from out of town and he did not work out. He, as a matter of fact, it was, um, it was kind of, well, it just didn't work out. It was kind of a disaster a little bit. Well, he just didn't know anyone. And if you're going to be the chief of staff, you, you're, you, if you're the speaker, he is the chief of staff. If you're the governor, you need, your chief of staff has like got to know everybody. That's not, you know, Governor Mundo thought, all right, I'm going to break tradition. I'm going to go with a guy that no one knows. Brought this guy in from, Dela- from Delaware, I think. Delaware. Uh, or, yeah, I think Delaware. Wherever O'Malley was from that ran that. That guy was the worst candidate for governor. Remember? Governor O'Malley. Everything was a story. Only could answer questions with a story. Governor, are you, you know, whatever, in favor of the death penalty? I met a woman whose grandfather was in jail. You know, one made-up story could never answer a blanking question. Everything was this long, drawn-out, made-up story. People that never existed in order to try to make his point but but this is um there's nothing positive about it uh this is and governor key um i don't here's another thing i don't expect anything that's going to be an illegal nature with what tony has done yeah that's the problem we recognize the amount of distraction guess what that's the problem you don't even realize that it's a legal problem yeah, it's called extortion. Uh, and there's other types of political crimes, potentially, that were committed. I think he does have. I'm going to disagree with Governor McKee. Um, it's not just a matter of... No, he is, in fact. He is in trouble. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I want to play. Governor McKee, um, obviously, forced to deal with the media... Today, he had things planned. Tomorrow's going to press briefing. He's trying to still get known. And he still has the head of the DMV, Bud Craddock, hanging out there, who was, by all accounts, running a brothel. Let's hear. Here's the Channel 12 story. 90 minutes, Governor Dan McKee announced the retirement 
of its chief of staff, Tony Silva. Target 12 have been tracking Silva's proposal, developing a controversial wetland property in Cumberland. Target 12 investigator Tim White joins us now live in studio. Tim, now this comes just one week or so after Governor McKee threw his full support behind his longtime chief yeah, of staff. Patrick, you're right. I mean, just last week, McKee said that he looked into the situation and found that Silva had not exerted any undue influence on the Department of Environmental Management to green light that development of the piece of wetlands in Cumberland. Now, we just caught up with Governor McKee a few moments ago about this dramatic change in events. We recognize the, um, the amount of, uh, you know, distraction that's going on right now. Uh, it's clear. I mean, all you have to do is, all you have to do is look at the, the newspapers or, you know, listen to any of the media. It's, uh, and, we, and Tony's professional. He understands that uh, that distraction can't get in the way of us recovering on the COVID, making people, keeping people healthy. Silva has been under scrutiny after Target 12 obtained emails and text messages that show he was pressing Cumberland Mayor Jeff Mutter about the deal as recently as March. That's despite Silva telling us he had abandoned any financial interest in the property back in 2020. Last week, under mounting pressure, McKee called on the Attorney General's office and the state police to look into the matter. On Wednesday, I met up with Silva outside the Rhode Island State House after he had not responded to our request for an interview. He told me he welcomed that investigation. Any thought at all to stepping aside pending the outcome of the investigation? Absolutely not. Why not? Tim, I've done nothing wrong. Any second thoughts about trying to intervene in Cumberland and the optics of that? Tim, let me make it perfectly clear to you. I didn't intervene in anything. Not even at the town, though? Uh, absolutely not. Wrong. Never, ever, ever, ever. ever. Now, Patrick, obviously things changed over the weekend. And again, Tony Silva is retiring from state service. He made $196,000 oh. a year as chief of staff to the government. Wow. So this might not be over yet, right? What does right. this mean uh, as far as the state police and the attorney general's over. investigation? Well, I, you know, Patrick, I suspect not much. I think the AG and the state police yep. will continue to examine the matter despite Silva no longer working as the governor's chief of staff. All right, Tim White, Target 12 Investigator, thank you. Excellent job. Excellent job. Without question. Um, I will get, I know I, I keep saying that I want to play some of yesterday. And um, I do want to play that the Secretary of State, who I think, folks, no one has been replaced in the Biden administration, by the way. No one has been replaced. No one's lost their job over the disaster that was, and watch, we watched what happened on Afghanistan. No one has lost their job which I still don't get. But I think that also just shows just, I mean, that's how incompetent they, they are, that no one is, is losing their job over it. People should have lost their job over what happened in Afghanistan. And yet that still hasn't happened. So, but I, I wanna give credit, you know, Martha Raddatz of ABC, that was a pretty tough interview with Secretary of State Tony Blinken yesterday. Of it, like she finally was calling him out on this, this business that stop saying we're, we're counting on the Taliban. No one believes that. 
me play a little bit of this. She sat in for Stephanopoulos. Urgent alerts from the State Department before Thursday's bombing, telling people to immediately get away from the gates. Yet, as you know, we lost those 13 service members, more than 170 Afghans. I know force protection has since been increased, and, and that's a military decision. But as a member of the president's national security team, do you have any idea why that didn't happen sooner, given the urgent alerts? And you talk about embassies. Embassies have outer rims, and they're not guarded by the Taliban. That's what happened there. I'm going to let my, my colleagues at, uh, uh, in the Defense Department uh, you know, address this. I think you heard General McKenzie speak to this in some detail the other day. The hard reality of this mission is that uh, at, a, at a certain point, direct contact was necessary between uh, our people, our men and women in uniform, uh, and those coming into the airport. Uh, and that was part of the, uh, uh, of the mission. Uh, every effort is being made to make sure they're as, as safe as, uh, as possible. Uh, but of course, whenever you have something as, as, as horrific as this, anytime we have a loss of life, uh, we're going to go back and look very hard at, uh, at, what, at, at what was done uh, and whether anything could have been done better. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, from the get-go, this was an extraordinarily dangerous uh, mission. And uh, in these last few days, with uh, ISIS-K clearly and actively plotting against us, uh, the danger went up even higher. You know, that, that is, um, uh, he, he's not dealing in reality. He's not dealing in reality. And a big problem is they, they have not been dealing in reality. So uh, I want to get to um, where the Martha Raddatz is talking about the, the problems at the airport. The gates. About the risk, there were urgent alerts from the State Department before Thursday's bombing, telling people to immediately get away from the gates. Yet, as you know, we lost those 13 service members, more than 170 Afghans. I know force protection has since been increased, and, and that's a military decision. But as a member of the president's national security team, do you have any idea why that didn't happen sooner, given the urgent alerts? And you talk about embassies. Embassies have outer rims, and they're not guarded by the Taliban. That's what happened there. I'm going to let my, my colleagues at, uh, in the Defense Department uh, you know, address this. I think you heard General McKenzie speak to this in some detail the other day. The hard reality of this mission is that uh, at, a, at a certain point, direct contact was necessary between uh, our people, our men and women in uniform, uh, and those coming into the airport. Uh, and that was part of the, uh, uh, of the mission. Uh, every effort is being made to make sure they're as, as safe as, uh, as possible. Uh, but of course, whenever you have something as, as, as horrific as this, anytime we have a loss of life, uh, we're going to go back and look very hard at, uh, at, what, at, at what was done uh, and whether anything could have been done better. Uh, but uh, the fact of the matter is, from the get-go, this was an extraordinarily dangerous uh, mission. And uh, in these last few days, with uh, ISIS-K, clearly. You know, this, I, there's only so much of this I, I can listen to. Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is they, they can continue to try to defend this. But, you know, we're looking to the Taliban to allow trapped Americans to leave. Like, I, I, am I hearing this right? 
And this is where she she calls him out on this business of the we well we should need to tr- no one is trusting the Taliban, Mr. Secretary. This is the Secretary is no one's trusting the Taliban. Here we go. The administration keeps saying the commitment to our Afghan allies doesn't end on the 31st, but your spokesman said the airport will not be open on September 1st, and the Taliban obviously can't secure its safety even when U.S. forces are present. So how do you realistically think any American citizens or Afghan partners who are left behind will be able to fly out? What would you say to them on how to get out? Well, a few things. First, um, just uh, about 24 hours ago, a very senior Taliban uh, leader spoke on television and on the radio throughout Afghanistan and repeatedly assured the Afghan people oh. that they would be free to travel after uh, August 31st. Uh, and he but, but Secretary Blinken, they what? do not trust. I, I mean, I know you say you don't trust the Taliban, but now you're telling me we should trust what the Taliban I'm said. Not, no, Those I'm people not, I'm in not, hiding. I'm not saying that, Martha. I'm not saying we should trust the Taliban on, uh, on anything. I'm simply reporting what... One of their senior leaders said uh, to the Afghan people, he specifically cited as well uh, those who worked for Americans and uh, any other Afghan for whatever reason. So that's point one. Okay, but I want to go back to that. You're you're trying to reassure our Afghan allies. They're not reassured. Those interpreters who aren't getting out, they're not reassured by a statement like that. So what more can you tell them to get out? uh, How to get out? Certainly. And Martha, that was just point one. Point two is this. Um, 114 countries have made very clear that it is their expectation that the Taliban will uh, uh, permit freedom of travel going past uh, August uh, 31st. Uh, I, I so can't. That- the, the, the fact that they are putting everything. Let's go to the panel. The big pan. The panel, I thought, by the way, yesterday. And again, folks, good afternoon at 127. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. This this. Uh, Stephanopoulos was off. I thought Martha Raddatz had an excellent panel on ABC. John Carl was on the panel. And I want to dip into that a little bit because it was actually very good. I want to talk to you first here. Listening to President Biden and his top national security advisors before the horrible bombing, they were making this sound like a smashing success. But you heard what Secretary Blinken just said. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, uh, they have been describing something that it isn't reality. Uh, this has been an incredible airlift, more than 100,000 people evacuated, but what a disaster. Uh, clearly, Thursday was the worst day of the Biden presidency. And we don't really know, Martha, uh, how bad it really is. Uh, we, we know the disaster that has unfolded. Now the big question is... Does Afghanistan once again become a safe haven for terrorist attacks on U.S. interests around yes. the world or at home? Yes. Uh, so which is, really, of course, why they said they were getting out. That, is, that was solved. Yep. And, and, you know, maybe part of the reason why Afghanistan had not been such is there was a, a military presence in Afghanistan. Uh, but now... Uh, we will have this over-the-horizon uh, capability, but the bottom line is the terror threat has increased and our ability to combat it has decreased. Ah, folks. And he, you know, he's exactly right, John Carl. Well, good afternoon. It's John DePietro right now at 128. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by State Towing Service, Auto Sales and Repair, 24-hour towing. Call them today, 380 Valley Street, Providence, big supporters of law enforcement, State Towing Service, Auto Sales and Repair, 331-0925. And also, this portion of our program 
Visit the website to Petro.com. I want to remind you, if you have any type of storm damage that was done, contact Soul, S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration at 401-712-2700. There's also a Massachusetts number. Uh, storm damage, water damage, it's Mike Seepy and his crew. 401-712-2700. Their website is Soul, S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration. Call them today. Water damage, storm damage, mold remediation, fire, smoke damage, sole source restoration. All right. I want to get back to, um, uh, and actually, no, excuse me. I want to stay with that. I thought the panel was very strong yesterday on this week with uh, Martha Raddatz. Then she had Ben Sasson. But, folks, um, we do have the developing story of Governor McKee, who then had to face the media today. His chief of staff, Tony Silva. Now, and also, like, the media saying he's retiring. Well, I mean, basically, yes. But come on, it's more he's being forced out because of this land controversy in Cumberland. Here's the the governor uh, earlier speaking with Channel 12. That we put out a joint statement uh, shows that uh, we recognize the, um, the amount of... Uh, you know, distraction that's going on right now. It's clear. I mean, all you have to do is, all you have to do is look at the, the newspapers or, you know, listen to any of the media. It's a, and we, we and Tony is professional. He understands that uh, that distraction can't get in the way of us recovering on the COVID, making people keeping people healthy. Uh, you know, keeping our economy going. And uh, and and today, a number of our schools are going to be opening up uh, going forward. Next well, the fact is, there's still a criminal investigation going on. There's still a criminal investigation going on. And what Governor McKee is saying about the distraction, he could have put him on leave. He could have put him on leave, but he didn't put him on leave. He didn't put him on leave because he doesn't think that things are going to get better. So I know I'm bouncing a little bit back and forth between Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, Biden Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who I think is on thin ice. And the story of Tony Silva, I do want to play. Blinken also uh, did this interview on NBC. And this is frightening to listen to, that we're going to look to the Taliban to allow trapped Americans to leave. This is just pathetic. First, this was a meet the uh, press. You may have seen that uh, just yesterday, a very senior Taliban official went on television and radio across the country and repeatedly assured people in Afghanistan that they would have the freedom to travel after August 31st. He even specifically said, uh, "Those who work for the Americans uh, and uh, those who want to leave for whatever reason will have that freedom." Now, of course. We don't take the Taliban at their word. We take them uh, by their deed, and that's what we're going to be looking to. We have more than 100 countries, 114 countries, who signed on to a statement we initiated uh, making clear the international community expects the Taliban to make good on a commitment to let people continue to leave the country after August 31st. That freedom of travel is essential to the international community's expectations of the Taliban going forward. I mean, that is just pathetic. Like, are you, how does he even say that? It's embarrassing to listen to. Wow. Folks, something else that is out there. And again, good afternoon. Right now, 1.32. It's Monday. It's the John DePietro Show. You know, you don't hear this with the whole situation. You know, they keep blaming the Trump people won't get vaccinated. But there was a good piece. Why aren't black Americans getting vaccinated? You know, good luck trying to find where the media will actually acknowledge this. Do you know that despite the ongoing efforts to combat COVID, 
there exists one prominent politically significant hindrance of the objective. Vaccine has hesitancy. And according to the recent data, 72% of American adults have gotten one dose. Among those vaccinated, as race is known, 58% are white. And ready for this? 10% are black. Distrust of the medical industry may be one reason black Americans lag behind. The distrust arises largely, they say, they say, experiments done on slaves, typically without anesthesia. Now, I, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if that's really the reason. But distrust of the medical community could prove to be the downfall for many, keeping black Americans from achieving success. In a recent interview, Pfizer CEO said he's on a mission to educate black Americans about the vaccine. What he finds most compelling about the hesitancy is the pull between fear of the vaccine and love for one's family and friends. Fear is a strong emotion. Love and fear are, are indeed strong emotions, often at odds with one another. Father would gladly die for his children. Servicemen will rush into battle. But then they hesitate and won't get the vaccine. But I think that's important. Just know the, one of the, the largest parts of the population who will not get the vaccine are African-American men. African-American men in race is defining who's getting the vaccine. Just so we're all clear on that. Um, we also see police. Uh, any information, whereabouts, they know who they're looking for. The shootings over the weekend were targeted. The shootings over the weekend were were targeted, as a matter of fact. So, um, but I want to, um, the, the Governor McKee, Tony Silva resignation, folks, it, it can't be understated how significant that is. I mean, the two of them, maybe he cleaned out his office yesterday. The two of them have been joined at the hip. He's the former police chief of Cumberland. And he has been with Governor McKee since Governor McKee was Lieutenant Governor McKee as his chief of staff in 20. The, the two of them have been thick as thieves. Just to coin a phrase, to uh, use the expression, since 2014 when he was the chief of staff to Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee. And now he's out. And when Governor McKee says it was becoming a distraction, I think the reason to me that rings hollow is because he was a distraction last week. He could have put him on administrative leave pending, you know, the investigation being cleared up. Uh, but this is very, very dramatic. And what I, I really want to impress upon you is how dramatic it is for him to do that on a Monday, on a Monday before 11 o'clock. Um, Governor McKee and Governor Raimondo did not have a good working relationship. I would say Governor Raimondo right now is having a good laugh over the whole thing. That would be my guess. I don't know if that sounds... Listen, you want to know what's going on. I believe you want to know what's going on. And more importantly, you want to know what's really going on. 
And what's really going on is Governor Mundo's having a good laugh that Governor McKee has been in office for five months and his chief of staff now is forced to resign because of a state police invest, uh, attorney general investigation into him, influence peddling. Now you have Nelly Govia's piling on. You know, he, I, I, I don't know, and he still has another member, by the way. He still has another member of his staff, or, and, and even though he inherited it, but Bud Craddock. Bud Craddock is still, is still being investigated. How much longer is that going to go on? Governor McKee, what was he? Now, he also apparently said, I don't expect anything that's going to be on a legal nature with what Tony's done. Think of this. I don't expect anything. I don't expect anything. He is backing off where he has doubled down on Tony Silva. This is Governor McKee just uh, earlier today. Let me play that. Yeah, so I think the statement that we put out, joint statement, uh, shows that uh, we recognize the, um, the amount of... Uh, you know, distraction that's going on right now. Uh, it's clear. I mean, all you have to do is all you have to do is look at the, the newspapers, or you know, listen to any of the media. It's a uh, and we and Tony's professional. He understands that uh, that distraction can't get in the way of us recovering on the COVID, making people keeping people healthy. Uh, you know, keeping our economy going. And uh, and and today, a number of our schools are going to be opening up uh, going forward in the next couple of weeks. So our focus is going to be on those areas right now. Well, he. Um He's got a lot of challenges. And now maybe, you know, maybe in the short term, in the short term, he could be right. Because a lot of the questions with Silva, where Governor McKee is not wrong, is the questions regarding Tony Silva somewhat certainly, temp, you know, tempered down a little bit because of... That he's no longer the chief of staff. They don't entirely go away, but much less. Let me also let you see. The, the View announces guest host to replace Meghan McCain. Condoleezza Rice and ex-Fox News host and a Trump official. Oh. Who's the ex-Fox News host? Um, let's see. Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar, Sonny Hostin, Sarah Haynes will be joined by a rotating cast of conservative women. Several worked in politics. Condoleezza Rice, former GOP Congresswoman Mia Love, uh, former Carly Fiorina, who ran for president. On the news side, guest hosts will include CNN host Essie Cup, CNN analyst Mary Catherine Hamm, former Fox News host Ebony Williams, and former cable news anchor Gretchen Carlson. The list also includes Alyssa Farah, who served as President Trump's communication director. That's interesting. Um, let's see. What's interesting about Ebony Williams is she was rolling. And then I forget what happened. She got knocked out by Fox for some reason. I don't know what happened with that. Now, Gretchen Carlson... That's a really interesting choice because she's the one that went after O'Reilly. Alyssa Farris served under President Trump. So now that's interesting. Boy, they're really going with a wide field there. They are. 
Um, so, uh, but Megan McCain now, I don't know what she's exactly going to be doing. But um, the situation in New Orleans, folks, is very bad, as a matter of fact. And Pentagon needs to stop covering for the State Department. Biden's Pentagon spokesman, John Kirby, on why evacuations didn't start earlier. I don't think it's important. Well, it is important. Providence police say Daniel Zaris was shot and killed inside a Rebel Lounge. Andre Bonilla was shot on Harwood Court for driving himself to Cumberland Farms on Branch. He died in the parking lot. So two men. That was, um, but folks, very targeted. One definitely sounds like a drug deal gone bad. Um, I don't know enough about the other one, but I don't think he's a listener to the program. Um, but this situation with Governor McKee, boy, they, they just, he, I think, is trying to then, wants to try to distance himself from Tony Silva. It's the only thing I can think of, wants to try to distance himself from his former chief of staff and didn't want to go through the week with more questions about it. So, but it it must have been pretty dramatic over the weekend that Governor McKee basically has said that he, you know, doesn't want to go another week with this type of distraction. But look how, look what's happened. He lost last week. Now he is kind of, you know, neck deep in this type of thing. You also had Silva do the, I thought it was a terrible interview with Tim White, where he did not help himself. What I mean by that is, if you can't help yourself, don't do the interview. And he didn't help himself. He did not help himself in any way. Um, he, they're saying he retired. Well, I mean, just because they're saying that, listen, he was forced out because of this land controversy. That's what happened, period. It's not he's retiring. Um, very good work by Channel 12. The, the, the game changer here with Channel 12 was them getting the Public Information Act, and they got the information, especially the text messages between... Tony Silva and the mayor of Cumberland, Mayor Jeff Mutter, entering the equation really was the changing dynamic here. Let me, uh, I'm going to play again. This is the Channel 12 piece. past 90 minutes, Governor Dan McKee announced the retirement of his chief of staff, Tony Silva. Target 12 have been tracking Silva's proposal, developing a controversial wetland property in Cumberland. Target 12 investigator Tim White joins us now live in studio. Tim, now this comes just one week or so after Governor McKee threw his full support behind his longtime chief of staff. Patrick, you're right. I mean, just last week, McKee said that he looked into the situation and found that Silva had not exerted any undue influence on the Department of Environmental Management to green light that development of the piece of wetlands in Cumberland. Now, we just caught up with Governor McKee a few moments ago about this dramatic change in events. We recognize the... um the amount of uh, you know distraction that's going on right now uh, is clear. I mean, all you have to do is all you have to do is look at the newspapers or you know listen to any of the media. It's uh, and we and Tony is professional. He understands that uh, that distraction can't get in the way of us recovering on the COVID, making people keeping people healthy. 
Silva has been under scrutiny after Target 12 obtained emails and text messages that show he was pressing Cumberland Mayor Jeff Mutter about the deal as recently as March. That's despite Silva telling us he had abandoned any financial interest in the property back in 2020. Last week, under mounting pressure, McKee called on the Attorney General's office and the state police to look into the matter. On Wednesday, I met up with Silva outside the Rhode Island State House after he had not responded to our request for an interview. He told me he welcomed that investigation. Any thought at all to stepping aside pending the outcome of the investigation? Absolutely not. Why not? Tim, I've done nothing wrong. Any second thoughts about trying to intervene in Cumberland and the optics of that? Tim, let me make it perfectly clear to you. I didn't intervene in anything. Not even at the town level? I have absolutely not. Never, ever, ever. Well, that's not exactly how it went. Now, folks, I want to uh, tap into, I believe the uh, president is speaking. And again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. I believe President Biden is speaking about the situation with uh, the hurricane. To Let me get into this a little bit. Drones to assess Ida's damage to energy infrastructure while ensuring those flights do not disrupt aerial search and rescue uh, operations. And I've also asked the Pentagon and the Department of Homeland Security to immediately make available any satellite imagery that can assist in assessing the damage in your states and cities and parishes. Local utilities are going to soon begin restoration work, including prioritizing getting transmission lines uh, into New Orleans uh, and get them back up and running. A lot of them have been taken down. More than uh, 25,000 debris crews uh, and linemen from at least 30 states are rolling in to support you. Some are already pre-positioned and close and hopefully are already underway. But we need to be prepared uh, and uh, uh, that, that, that we're as bad as prepared as we could be for the early stage of this. And there's a lot more to do. We also know a lot of people lost their cell phone service if their particular carrier tower is down or damaged. So this morning, the Federal Communications Commission has worked with the cellular providers to initiate their cooperative framework agreement. That agreement allows customers on one line uh, with, with one provider to go to another provider if that provider is down. So it allows customers to use roaming access carriers to any of the carriers that are up and running. And that means you should be able to get a signal no matter who you're carrier was or is. The main thing I want to make clear to all of you is we're providing any help we, you, that you're going to need. And so I've got, uh, as I said, I've got my senior advisor, Cedric Grishman, here with me. You all know him. He's a New Orleans native. He's a congressman of Louisiana, was a congressman of Louisiana's second district for 10 years. He knows the area. He knows the people and, uh, and uh, he uh, who have been affected by Ida. And he knows how to get things done in government. While FEMA is our lead uh, for on-the-ground response, if there's something you need, needs my attention, Cedric's your direct line. Direct line in the White House throughout this recovery, and I mean that. Whatever you need, go to Cedric. He'll get to me. We'll get you what you need if we can. The people of Louisiana and Mississippi are resilient, and but it's, uh, in moments like these, 
And we can certainly see the power of government to respond to the needs of the people if government's prepared and if they respond. That's our job if we work together. The folks get knocked down, we're there to help you get back on your feet. The most important element, though, is coordinating all the branches of government, state, local, and federal. And that's what we're trying to make sure that we tried to do it before this hurricane hit. That's why we've begun working together. Uh, we're we're going to stand with you and the people of the Gulf as long as it takes for you to recover. And uh, so I'm not going to turn this over to uh, uh, to John Bell, Governor Edwards uh, of Louisiana. Ah. Governor, give us your assessment of what you have, what you're seeing out there. Tell- All right. So, folks, that is President Biden right now at 149. It's Monday. It's August 30th. I mean, not only does he just read, but he actually reads poorly, for crying out loud. So, I um, there's only so much I can listen to, to be honest with you. And that is just, boy, that, that situation is not going to get any better. That situation is not getting any better. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, right now it's 1.50. It's Monday afternoon. We're going to have the 2 o'clock news coming up. It's brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. Do you remember what we say? If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Now, Ryan has been in my home. And he fixed our washing machine. No, he fixed our dryer. He can fix your washing machine if you need that, as a matter of fact. Um, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Give him a call today, 401-710-7096. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available. And Saturday appointments are available. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096-401-710-7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Folks, good afternoon. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by the Coesed Inn. A great meal is waiting for you. 226 Coesed Avenue, Westwork. Pop in. Lunch, dinner, drinks at the bar. They're the biggest bar in Rhode Island. Great meal is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. So, the big local news is the controversy with Governor McKee, former Cumberland Police Chief Tony Silva, has resigned. He is out as Chief of Staff for Governor McKee while the investigation into his dealings in that land deal continues. While the investigation, it doesn't disappear just because he has stepped down. I repeat, it doesn't disappear just because he has stepped down, which makes it all the more worse that Governor McKee called for the state police attorney general investigation, thinking it was going to clear things up. And it's done, you know, now it's just the opposite. Um, And for Governor McKee to um, for Governor McKee to say, well, it was becoming a distraction, but. He's the one that announced the investigation, the governor did. He's also the one um, 
Governor McKee is the one. What well, it's it's beyond his control, but he kind of took him at his word and announced that he had looked into the situation and there was no undue influence, but that is um, proving not to be the case. A bombshell lawsuit has GMA co-hosts at each other's throats. Um, new rift between the show hosts raised the anger of staffers demanding answers. That's interesting. So GMA, Good Morning America, has done very, very well, folks. Bombshell lawsuit against the former top producer Good Morning America is another firestorm behind the scenes. Co-host George Stephanopoulos, Robin Roberts, alleged each other's throats over handling of the claims. Um, has engulfed ABC News. Boom, boom, boom. Producer worked closely, filed a lawsuit against Michael Korn. Jimmy Staffers dismissed the lawsuit. Um, uh, boom, boom, boom. Stephanopoulos heard the remark, said it was directed at Stephanopoulos. Uh, if this happened to someone on my team, I would have burned the place down. We're um, clearly emotional. Oh, Roberts declared. Roberts declared on the call. If that happened to someone on my team, I would have burned this place down. Director Stephanopoulos had been informed of the allegations four years ago, continue to work with them. Um, comment made its back to Stephanopoulos, who was livid. Um, he has been off the air, self-diagnosing, after self-isolating after uh, his daughter was diagnosed with COVID. Uh, whether Stephanopoulos, blah, blah, blah. Uh, did enough to sound the alarm. All right, so this, they have drama going on there. But, folks, again, um, so New Orleans, is obviously, as just heard, is a major problem. That storm, by the way, we have to watch because of exactly where it's going. But the big local story is this situation with Governor McKee's chief of staff, Tony Silva, who is... Um, well, the bad news for Cumberland is Tony Silva is now stepped down. They're saying retired as chief of staff to Governor McKee. The good news for Cumberland is another Cumberland person. Tony Afonso is the new acting chief of staff. So I have no handle on whether or not he's going to remain in that or it's just a temporary situation. I freely admit I'm not sure how that's going to go down. Uh, I do want to remind you. That if you're ever in an accident, if you're listening right now, it's 1.55, it's Monday afternoon, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. If you ever find yourself in an accident, folks, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body. They're located at 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Whether it's a drunk driver or just a small fender bender, if your vehicle was damaged, I implore you to take it to West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They're right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. West Fountain Auto Body. Call Kenny Salvatore today. They'll repair your vehicle, showroom-like condition. You can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. 272-3340, 272-3340 for West Fountain Auto Body. 
Well, folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. Now, again, I, I can't emphasize enough how, how I, listen, it is what it is. The situation for Governor McKee, uh, you don't announce a state police investigation into your chief of staff if things are going well. That's number one. Number two, you don't put out a press release announcing this type of change on a, <clears throat> on a Monday morning before 11 o'clock. So something developed over the weekend. Somehow, over the weekend, Governor McKee received new information, I believe, that then said this thing can't be salvaged. It's, he could be trying to get ahead of it. We're going to see in the next 24 to 48 hours something could come out. But there, this is not the way you want to start off the week. So what do I mean by this? I, I mean just how it sounds. What is um, problematic for Governor McKee is why they didn't do this Friday at 5 o'clock. Uh, because no new information has come out. So he learned something. Right? There's been no nothing really new. I mean, the Providence Journal did have a Sunday story on it, but that was already available online on Friday. Um, and the fact that Silva collected income from a non-existent company is, is odd. Um, now, here's a question at 158 on this Monday. Does this mean the media backs off a little bit on... Former Chief of Staff Tony Silva, a little bit, but it's not as pressing because now he's no longer the Chief of Staff. He's the former Chief of Staff. I think more will come out. And as I've told you, what I have heard is the story that Governor McKee claims he got from DEM has unraveled. Silva kept claiming that DEM approved the land to be developed in Cumberland on Canning Street and that it didn't even need public approval as far as like a public hearing. And I've heard that that story has unraveled. Governor McKee has learned that it was Silva who basically coerced DEM into this. For him to say, I don't think he broke the law is not a good sign. Folks, it's John DePietro. I wanna thank the great JR. Stay tuned. You're going to hear the 2 o'clock news. I believe Jeff Gamach is in for John Dion. It's John DePietro. Look for me on Facebook, but stay tuned for the 2 o'clock. DW, W260DC. W-N-O.